One of the more gratifying parts of my job is the privilege to accompany people through important life transitions and milestones. The obvious ones are life cycle events like births, weddings, funerals, or as a minister friend of mine somewhat inelegantly puts it, you gotta hatch them, match them, and dispatch them. <laughs> this happens, this happens at times of our life called what, what, our, what my teacher Larry Hoffman calls nodal points in each of our lives. And nodal points happen in times of significant change, when people feel especially open to new possibilities. These are times to begin a new story, or at least a new chapter. The thing about nodal moments is that not everyone experiences them in the same way or on the same timeline. Some people get married in their 70s. Some people become bar and bat mitzvah in their 80s. And by the way, if that sounds like it might be you, please talk to me after the service. <laughs> also, there are other big life transitions that don't get obvious ritual recognition at most synagogues. Securing or losing a job, retirement, infertility, pregnancy loss, divorce, overcoming a trauma or illness, coming out, transitioning. The list is endless because life is messy and unpredictable, and religion is always playing catch-up with our lived reality. I think it's important for all of us to know, and I hope all of us in this room know, that Temple Israel is a place where you can always find comfort and affirmation, especially because society doesn't always discuss these needs openly. Everyone experiences change. Everyone experiences loss. Everyone experiences trauma and rupture. To paraphrase the great Israeli songwriter Naomi Shemer, we find purpose in our lives in both the honey and the bee sting of life. We never know, of course, what life will throw at us next, but we get to decide how we respond to it. Sometimes we get to create our own nodal moments. I had three conversations this week with three remarkable people, each in a time of major transition. On Monday, I welcomed a successful executive who was relocating to our area. He had begun to find his work all-consuming, grueling, without a sense of personal meaning. He'd had a very tough childhood and not many remaining family connections, but the Jewish community had always been a bedrock for him. It was time not only for a change in geography, he told me, not only a change in profession, but a fresh start in life. He described it as a sort of rebirth. That man was probably in his 50s. Then on Tuesday, I spoke with a gentleman who was a TI member in the 60s and 70s, but had left our community for quite a long time. His parents, like so many of their generation, had felt Jewish but not really compelled to do anything Jewish. And in fact, doing things that looked Jewish were sort of the opposite of the point for them. So he grew up with that as sort of an imposed guilt, but of late, he had felt a certain spiritual reawakening growing deep inside. And he came to me so inspired by joining us for our first Friday worship just a couple of weeks ago, compelled. He wanted to study and pray in our community and participate again. 
Finally, on Wednesday, I met with a father who just moved to Westport. For complex family reasons, he had seldom been able to bring his children to synagogue. But one day, his young son independently announced that he was going to become bar mitzvah. The father was both surprised and delighted by this, and in the stage of his own life was ready to become more involved, and more intentionally so, in the Jewish community. Three conversations, three stories, three nodal points of rebirth and reinvention, a crossroads in life, a new opportunity to connect and find meaning. And that's just this week. Recently, I was discussing the remarkable diversity and commitment in our community with our president, Eileen Bereni. People have remarkable stories, she told me. I could not agree more. But people don't merely have remarkable stories. We are not passive participants in our own lives. We ourselves are the storytellers. During my time as a chaplain intern in a Chicago hospital, my supervisor spoke of our lives as unfolding human documents. We certainly can't control everything that happens to us, but we do get to shape the story that comes next. What meaning do we find in our successes? How do we respond to our challenges? What would we wish to amend or renew or begin? It's never too early or too late to ask these questions. This week in my Talmud class, and I see a couple of my students in the, in the Kehillah, in the community tonight. This week in my Talmud class, we read a text about the great Rabbi Akiva. Akiva, who lived in the second century of the Common Era, is a giant in rabbinic history. He was a revered teacher and a pioneer in the art of biblical interpretation. Tragically, he also died as a martyr in the Bar Kokhba revolt, the Jewish community's doomed last stand against the Roman Empire. While we don't know a great deal about the historical Akiva, rabbinic legend teaches us about him. And what it teaches us is that he was what we might call today a late bloomer. According to the legend, he started to learn the Aleph Bet, the Hebrew alphabet, at the age of 40. Now, bear in mind that the life expectancy was not in the mid-80s or 90s in those days. In a fitting destiny of poetic justice, he came to not only learn the Hebrew language, but to invent an innovative and enduring exegetical method for interpreting the various details and customs that can be discerned from minute differences in letters and between letters. Stu's nodding because he remembers the great story about Akiva meeting Moses and the significance of the letters. Akiva started from scratch at age 40. Today, they say that, what, 60 is the new 40? 70 is the new 40, perhaps? So we might fairly extend that principle to folks of every age. It's never too late to commit to learning, spiritual practice, justice pursuits with our congregation, deeper engagement with Judaism in any way. There's no embarrassment in starting late. There is no late. It is never too late to start, to start telling a new story. The new story paradigm, the birth paradigm of the Jewish people, really begins this week in the fulfillment of what had been a covenantal promise to the first Israelite, to the first Jew, to Abraham. 
And Abraham and Sarah this week, at the ages of, get ready for it, 100 and 90-something, I don't remember specifically, do you remember how old, Rabbi? 90, 91? They welcome their child Isaac. Isaac's Hebrew name, Yitzchak, which means laughter, echoes the incredulity of Sarah's response to her pregnancy. Vatomer asali Elohim. God has caused a laughable thing to befall me, says the hundred-year-old mother. I mean, let's be honest, she's completely right. And anyone who hears will laugh on account of me. Genesis 21, verse 6. In its literary nod and wink, the biblical text invites us to embrace the absurdity of the fecundity and flourish of the Jewish people. As if to make a point about who in the end will really have the last word when all is said and done. People have remarkable stories. People are remarkable stories. This week, Adult learners in our congregation who had never seen a page of Talmud before in their lives read an entire Talmudic story together in the original language. This week, Temple Israel members of our interfaith theology course learned from a teacher of the Sikh religious tradition, considering both the contrasts and remarkable similarities with Judaism between our two histories. Soon, a new group of folks who have never had the chance to become bar or bat mitzvah as kids will learn to read and chant the thousands of years old letters of our Torah. Next year, they will publicly read from the Torah in a, service, excuse me, in a ser service of communal affirmation. And anyone in this room has the chance to be among them. So I ask all of us, what do you want to learn this year? How do you want to grow and stretch? What new story do you want to tell? How can our community accompany you in your journey? Please let us know. The medieval sage Rabbi Bachia ibn Pakuda is reputed to have said, Days are scrolls. Write on them what you wish to be remembered. Sometimes it can be liberating to take a mental break from the past and even from the constraints and everyday worries of the present. Just imagine. Put all of it aside. What story is ready to unfold in your life? What personal becoming is waiting on the horizon? The parchment is blank, and the time is now. Shabbat shalom.